Just before carb day at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway right here is over. You can see Mario Andretti right back there. There's Mario Andretti. How about that? We're going to talk about the Colts first. Then we're going to talk about what goes on at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway today and on carb day. We're also going to talk about a fight up in Fort Wayne, some youth basketball mayhem. What the hell are we doing? Honest to God. I'm furious about all of this, but first the Colts and Jim Irsay snubbing Peyton Manning, which, you know, is is only news because OTAs don't start until tomorrow. But Jim Irsay did this for a reason. I'm not sure why. Top five all-time players in the NFL. He's got Jim Brown on top, Peyton Manning nowhere on the list. Let's talk about it. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Monday, May 23rd. Whoa, it's May 22nd, isn't it? 2023. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Jared Johnson, the best plumber in the world. Call him. You got a plumbing problem? He's got a plumbing solution. 765-610-8809. The number. All right, punch that subscribe button. Smash the like button. Ring the bell so you get an alert every time we go live or post a video. And if you want to make a donation, make a donation. If you want to help, if you want to donate to me being out here on hallowed ground in the city of Speedway, Indiana, Indiana, as we prepare for in six days from right now, really right now, the Indy 500 is about to end in, in just six days. This place is going to be filled with people. Just to give you an idea, the enormity of this of this facility this place is absolutely huge it is humongous it is if you've never been here you've never seen a place like it and you've never seen an event like the indianapolis 500 all right let's talk about the colts let's talk about jim ursay's all-time top five football players in the nfl number one he's got jim brown jim brown of course passed away last friday jim brown a a stellar running back, the best lacrosse player in the history of the sport, and that is unquestioned by people who saw him play and people who know lacrosse. Best lacrosse player ever, according to Jim Ursay, the best player in the history of the National Football League. Then, he's got Tom Brady. Okay, you know, there's a shot up Man or across Manning's bow, but Tom Brady, I think he's got seven championship rings and that stands for something. I mean, you've got to give respect to that, right? And he owns almost every record, but really most of them were gained through longevity. Although he also, he did awfully good work during seasons. I mean, you can't, you can't rag too heavily on Brady as a second overall best player. John Elway? John Elway. Really? John Elway's a guy who said he would rather play baseball and he didn't want to play baseball, but he would. He said he'd rather play baseball than sign with the Baltimore Colts. What? And somehow he winds up on Jim Irsay's list, and Peyton Manning is not on it. That is that is hard to fathom. I've never heard John Elway put in a top five like this. Now John Elway, from a tool standpoint, really really good. Won two Super Bowls in his last two seasons. That's pretty good too, but better than Peyton? What did Peyton do? 
Peyton, here's what Peyton wanted to do. It, it, the exact opposite of John Elway. John Elway did not want to play at all for the Colts. Peyton wanted to end his career with the Colts after beginning it here in Indianapolis with the Colts. All Peyton wanted to do was play here, and he couldn't because Jim Ursay thought it was a better play, and this argument I completely understand in the moment, not in hindsight at all, that you were better off going with a rookie generational quarterback like Andrew Luck than you were with Peyton Manning coming off a bunch of neck surgeries and not really knowing whether he was going to be able to play at 100% ever again. Well, he did play at 100%. He won a Super Bowl. He played in two of them after his neck surgeries with the Broncos. The Broncos, the beneficiaries of bad decision-making by the Colts, once while in Baltimore, once while in Indianapolis, one guy on the list, one guy not on the list. How in the world does that happen? All right, next, you've got Deacon Jones. Deacon Jones, arguably the most dominant defensive player of the 1960s. But still, that's kind of hard to justify. You had a lot of guys in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. And how about Ray Lewis as a top five guy? Might not be a top five human being, but he's a top five player maybe. How about, I mean, I'm just kind of thinking here, thinking out loud, how about Jack Lambert as a linebacker? Look, somebody, how about Mel Blunt as, as a defensive back for the Steel Curtain back in the 70s? If you're going to put a, a, a defensive player on the all-time top five, you know what? You could do a lot worse than somebody who played for the Steelers because that is arguably, in fact, it can't be argued otherwise, that they were the best defense of the 1970s. Bears probably the best defense of the 80s. My 90s, I don't know, 2000s though, the Ravens, and that was Ray Lewis. So, uh, and then you had uh, Reggie White, defensive end uh, who could play anywhere on the line. It didn't make any difference. So utterly dominant was Reggie White that with a torn, I think he had a torn hamstring he healed up somehow, he said with prayer, before a Super Bowl, like two weeks before the Super Bowl, and played. And played really, really well. Reggie, Reggie White, one of the best to ever do it. I don't argue with that one. But not having Peyton Manning in it. There's a reason for that. There's always a reason. We talked about this today on Two Big Brains. Dan Dockich and I were talking about always there's a reason. As people get older, they stop necessarily, this is not true for me, by the way, I always try to tell the truth, but in a lot of cases, whether it's in the media or a guy like Jim Irsay, they say what they say for a reason. I don't know what the reason was for snubbing Manning, but there had to be something, and I'm sure Jim Irsay's heard about it. Maybe this will prompt some kind of mending of fences between those two guys, if indeed fences have been broken. All right, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway first incident of the day right down there in turn one. Uh, Catherine Legg and Stefan Wilson. Uh, Stefan Wilson, uh, a tall driver. He gave the thumbs up, so you think that he hopefully is okay. Catherine Legg uh, is okay, but they, they smacked each other pretty good. Wilson kind of backed up a little bit. Legg punted him, and they went into the wall, and anytime that happens, people, um, 
like the people who have been here when people have been seriously injured or killed, um, they remember and they respond as the worst may have happened uh, as two cars got together. That was really the first incident so far this month and that's really good news. Nobody wants to see wrecks. Everybody anticipates them, right? You think, wow, they're going so fast, they gotta get into each other once in a while. When they do, uh, you feel heartsick about the people involved and their families, but it's, it's, that's the way life works in IndyCar racing and any kind of racing. You go 230 miles an hour around this facility, somebody's gonna get into somebody and it's gonna happen on Sunday too. I hope it doesn't, but it almost always does. The safety, the precautions that have been taken by the facility and the team owners, the car manufacturers, just absolutely stupendous. It is rare that any kind of incident causes massive damage uh, to the cars. Cars get massively damaged, but not to the people. And that's a really, really good thing. Sometimes it does. Because again, when people go 230 plus miles an hour and you hit something that's not going 230 miles an hour, you hit a wall that's not going any miles an hour, there's gonna be damage and it's gonna be unpleasant. Uh, let's talk for a moment, shall we, about what happened in Fort Wayne over the weekend. There's videotape of this, and it's all over the place on social media, where a, uh, there's a youth basketball game going on. They look like they're about 13, 14 years old. One of the dads doesn't like the calls by one of the officials. He gets up. The mom, I'm suspecting, gets in between the dad and the referee. The dad kind of moves the, the mom I'm assuming again, the mom, out of the way, and then kind of gets into the official a little bit, makes contact. The official doesn't like it. Bull rushes the guy, grabs him around the waist. As he's coming, the dad kind of tries to punch him in the head. The, the referee drives him to the ground, and uh, then they're separated by some, uh, some people who don't want to see violence at a youth basketball contest, and good for them. Who does, right? But, I mean, that what what kind of nonsense are, are you the purveyors of? If you're a parent and you're so wired into it that you would get physical with an official, you're completely out of your mind. And I don't need to list the reasons, but I'll list one reason, and it's pragmatic reason. And it's not got anything to do with the kid. Look, that's the biggest problem, though, isn't it? That our kids tend to mimic our behavior. They learn from us, either good or bad. And for a parent to go to an official and show kids that that is something that somebody they respect might do, that is absolutely deleterious to the fabric of our entire society. Now, the pragmatic part of this is that getting people to officiate high school basketball games or youth basketball contests, absolutely ridiculous. It is very, very hard. You can't pay these people enough to show up and officiate because why? Parents are insane. Parents are crazy. It is very hard to go to a youth basketball contest where a parent isn't led from the gymnasium. Like they, everybody's yelling at the refs and eventually security's called and a parent's gotta go. Almost every time I go, I see this kind of thing. Can we not? Can we not be quite that stupid and that, that short-sighted in our behavior? Can we adjust ourselves to where we're not putting each other in physical harm 
because an official doesn't blow the whistle when we believe it should be blown? That's crazy. Look, I've yelled at officials. As a parent of a youth basketball kid, I understand. He was. He's not anymore a youth basketball kid, but I understand. You get kind of wired in. You get invested. You travel the long distance. You'd like to see some righteous officiating. There's nothing wrong with that. But getting sideways with an official to where you're going to be physical with the official, that's just crazy. And we can't have crazy. And we can't have violence because people get shot. And we can't have people get shot at a youth basketball game. Just can't. And we need officials to be able to make sure these kids can play and it can be kept fair. Are officials going to be perfect? They are not. They are, you are never going to agree with every call that's made. But we don't hit people. That's pretty damn simple. And, and that anyone would, I, to go home and look yourself in the mirror, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you sleep at night. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the guy who punched somebody. Really? Yeah, it sounds ridiculous. You know why? Because it is. It is ridiculous. You want to see a little bit of this? The Indianapolis Motor Speedway, this is kind of, there's the Yard of Bricks right here. They talk about the Yard of Bricks. There it is. It ends right across the track. And then here is the pace car, boys and girls. We'll show you that. Is the pace car garage. Pace car right there. Look at that Corvette. Absolutely stunning. And then where do you go? I'll show you. We'll walk, we'll talk. I should have probably done this before. Because really, I mean, we already, oh, uh, one thing. Evidently, Jim Ursay in that big dust up with Dan Snyder, that's over. Jim Ursay on social media accused Dan Snyder of tampering, which is ridiculous because Dan Snyder, how could he tamper when Andrew Luck isn't a free agent? Andrew Luck is under contract with the Indianapolis Colts. If he ever decided to come back and play, which he is not going to do, he would have to play for the Indianapolis Colts or be, have his uh, release be negotiated or his trade be negotiated by the Colts. So to claim, to claim tampering is just kind of silly, isn't it? Unless you got some bone to... Uh, Bone to pick with Dan Snyder. And thank you very much. I appreciate it. The yellow shirts are always very, very helpful out here. And and that's a wonderful thing. At any rate, uh, Ursay and Snyder evidently amended, amended their fences. Adam Schefter says that the, the dust-up is over. The NFL has cleared the commanders and Snyder. He ain't going to do anything like that. That'd be, it'd be pointless. Because again, Andrew Luck is under contract with the Colts. His, what happens is when you retire from the game, you retire from the NFL, what happens is that your contract is frozen in place. If you ever go back to playing, if you ever resume your career, your contract then is restarted at the moment it was frozen. Make sense? That's pretty easy. So tampering, would never cause any kind of a, it wouldn't cause him to play. I mean, why would that happen? If he was gonna play, he'd call Jim Ursay. He kind of owes Jim Ursay, doesn't he? After the, whatever, 25 million that he got or 20 million, whatever. Once it gets beyond 6 million, I gotta tell you, the specific numbers, kind of hard to keep track of. 
because more than six million, I'm never going to need. So I think only in terms of the six million. I think, hmm, six million dollars, that's quite enough money for me for the rest of my life. So when I think about 29, what I do is I'm, I divide it by six, and that is approximately uh, 4.8 times more than I would require. And at four times eight more than I would require, I, I just don't care anymore. Make sense? At any rate, this is the garage area. Well, we'll just go to the Foyt garage. That's the first one. And we'll see what's popping over there. Because that's... Hi, how you doing? Thank you. Very nice. The yellow shirts are all very nice. We'll see if we can avoid getting hit by a golf cart. With the way I talk about pedestrians getting hit and how you, you need to keep your head on a swivel. If I got hit by a golf cart out here, on, uh, on live video, that would be, I think there'd be, uh, not justice, I wouldn't go that far, not justice at all, but um, anyway, that is, I believe that's the 14 car of uh, Santino Ferrucci, who is an absolutely great dude, has run out here a lot, and is always really, really fast on race day. You want to pick kind of a I don't know, he's not really an underdog, but you want a, you want a guy who's not among those who are being discussed necessarily as a favorite in this race? Santino Ferrucci is a pretty good guess. I like Santino Ferrucci. Um, at any rate, this is a garage area and what it looks like back here. For those of you who haven't been here tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent bright and early at 6.15. Sterling in the morning on WGCL radio. Right and early, 7.07, we start talking. We don't stop until 9 o'clock. And then, uh, of course, we've got Inside Radio now. And, and go watch Two Big Brains. Dan and I talked for an hour today, and it was awesome. We had a great time. So enjoy yourselves, be safe, and come on out here on Sunday because there is nothing as thrilling as an Indianapolis 500. Nothing in sport, in life, is as thrilling as this is. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning.